Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Sheriffs and the Trans War on Rights. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Friday, April 14th in the year 2023. We are in the middle of a war right now being led by an insidious, satanic, Luciferian pedophile movement that centered itself on the LGBT group. It's called trans, the trans agenda, otherwise known as queer theory and a variety of other forms. And this entire motive of these people is to elevate a minority that are after your children. They're pedophiles at core that are after your children and trying to ensure that they have rights that supersede those of heterosexuals, ultimately leading to a greater awareness or a greater rights protection for the new transhuman agenda. The two go hand in hand. But the problem is the war has become very real at a local level. We're going to talk some about that tonight as we also look at the perspectives across the globe. Now, Patriots, one of the things that is very real in this war is food. All of this is about forcing people to comply to a state which sees itself as a god. We are living in a world right now where the corporate America, the corporatocracies of the world, have come together with various influencers to occupy the United States of America. And it's their agendas that's being force-fed onto the Americans. And unfortunately, Americans have lost touch with what the Constitution says, and they have willfully complied to a tyrannical state that has no justification within the boundaries of the Constitution. Now, with that, be very aware that they are coming after food. And food is a real weapon in this war because if you control the food, you control the people. So you have to set up your for your life a baseline of emergency food as well as preps. That's where my Patriot Supply comes in. Patriots, anyone who thinks they won't need emergency food isn't paying attention. Every day, the headlines get worse and worse. Is the unthinkable next? It pays to prepare. That's why I seriously recommend you stock up on emergency food right now. You never know when the next shoe will drop, and when it does, emergency food will be hard to find. So get yours now while it's on sale. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and check out their popular three-month emergency food kit. Right now, you'll save $200 per kit. Each kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, providing over 2,000 calories a day for optimum strength and energy. Act now and claim your $200 savings per kit. You'll sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst ever happens. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you'll enjoy free shipping too. MyPatriotSupply.com. Patriots, no time to waste. Sovereignty begins with food security. Check it out, mypatriotsupply.com. Let's begin with the first a couple of overview stories for the week, things that the media has done a wonderful job at trying to distract from. One of them is 
the issue around this leak from the Pentagon. You'll note that there was a young man that was arrested that was part of the Air Force National Guard. If you believe that story, please drink Bud Light beer because you're believing a lie and you can't believe these lies. All this is is a patsy. And it's a setup because what they're trying to do is distract you from what was actually said in those release documents. There's critical issues that are coming out about the depravity of our government. In those documents that were released, they established that Ukraine was obviously losing the war. In those documents that was released, we were notified that U.S. troops were on the ground fighting Russian forces. That's without congressional authorization. And that's a covert war directly putting us at odds with Russia. I want you to imagine what it would be like if there was a proxy war being fought in Puerto Rico and Russian soldiers were there fighting and killing Americans. I would like you to think of how you would feel about that. And the provocation of that would be significant. This would be an escalation to literally World War III. This is what they are trying to do, is provoke World War III. So if you're wondering what side to vote for or have any questions about that, give a hat tip to Putin because he has not escalated this yet to the level that he can. Not only have we put our U.S. troops on the ground, we have knowingly supported the use of chemical weapons against the Russians, which has been documented. And within all of that, Russians are continuing to pour out reports, not only of U.S. bioweapons labs, which are now approximately 50 that were funded by the federal government, 50 U.S. bioweapons labs that were funded by the federal government in Ukraine. But we have bioweapons labs now that have been shown to be all over the world. Bioweapons laboratories that have been used to extort countries, keep them under the thumb, to force them to comply to the dollar hegemony. Every time we worship that dollar, we are worshiping a satanic ritual of forcing countries to comply under the threat of being exterminated or destroyed through bioweapons, which we are funding, our Pentagon is funding through our taxpayer dollars. In addition to that, more reports are coming out of Ukraine from Russian soldiers who are giving firsthand account of farms for children. These farms are where children are being raised, being sold off to the highest bidding pedophiles. And those that do not meet the standard are then cut up and butchered for their body parts, their organs, and then just cast aside like slaughtered pigs being thrown into a waste pile. This is who you are dealing with. You are dealing with a government that is complicit, ours, with the most treacherous and evil people known to man. So if you have any hesitation about a simple word, about a simple perspective, let me help you out. I will pray and I will do all I can for those that are influenced by evil. But with pure evil, they must be eradicated from this earth. Understand that. And when it comes to the damage on children, millstones are an easy way out, but they nonetheless need to be removed from the face of this earth. There is no room for them to coexist with us. And this group, everyone we are dealing with in our government, knows of or is part of a pedophile network. This is what our government is and this is what has been the power hegemony for the world using the U.S. dollar and its debt currencies. 
There is no tolerance for this type of evil. None whatsoever. In other news going around, obviously we have the issue of the rise, the pushing of destruction of farms. And the media is overplaying this to a certain degree. You've heard the story already of the 18,000 cows that have supposedly died in Texas. And this is a pretty good grounded perspective coming from a guy that understands cattle. Take a listen. I know y'all been seeing this article about the 18,000 cows dead and one person injured. How in the world does 18,000 cows just die in an explosion? How big of an explosion was this to be so big to kill 18,000 cattle but be small enough to only injure one person? Now, we all know, if you if you from the country, you know. You know what 100 cows look like. You know what 300, you know what 500, even 1,000 head of cattle look like. 18,000 cows in one little con, con, confined area that an explosion could kill them all and there was no there was no people in there working all those cows like that many cows in one little area and you got one little guy in there one guy in there managing all that and the, the explosion was big enough to kill all the cows but just hurt him come on we ain't believing this there ain't no way you believe in this logic common sense all that stuff should not allow you to believe what you are hearing right now that is insane that is insane stop believing this garbage absolutely this is part of the psychological war to get you prepped to eat Z-Bugs because they're going to justify an increase in price in beef. Cargill, who is one of the large beef, one of the largest beef arbiters in the nation. What does that mean? Cargill brings mass amounts of beef into feeding lots and they process them, they butcher them, and they send them out. The thing is that butchering isn't done anymore like it used to be not in the mainstream stores. It is in your local towns if you seek it out. There are still butchers, thank goodness. But it used to be that every store had a butcher, not now. When you go to the major brands, Walmarts, you go to the Kroger's, you go to these brands, Costco's, this beef is pre-cut when it comes in. It might come in in a slab, but they're not going to do the full carcass slaughter. And why do they do that? Because when beef is processed, they look at the markets and they say, oh, look, this market in the Midwest likes ribeye. And this market, for example, in Korea likes short ribs. So they butcher the cattle and they distribute the, the, the bulk of those cuts and they ship them out. So when the butchers receive them, they're already cut. Well, Cargill now has informed their people that they're going to be shifting their largest arbiter processing plant in Kansas to Africa. Oh, but don't worry. Don't worry, they're not going to leave you without beef. It's just going to be lab-grown beef from stem cells. And I'm sure that those stem cells would never come from children in Planned Parenthood. I'm sure of that. I'm sure they wouldn't have you eating human-grown stem cell meat. These people are working overtime to destroy this country, to weaken it through the food supply. And the food supply, when you control the food, you control the people. Now, unfortunately, I didn't get it ready for the show. I'm going to play it later tonight. Shemaine sent me a piece. I guess Tucker Carlson tonight ate a bug burger. I'm shaking my head. This is insane. I am not eating Z bugs. Okay? Not happening. But here is an interview with Tucker that she, he's talking to the Dutch who have been the, the second largest exporter of food highly productive farms, that their farms are now being shut down by their government because they have become a test case for the World Economic Forum's 2030 agenda. And 
this is a good discussion to understand that what they're trying to do. They are trying to turn the Dutch into the bug farm. Take a listen. Now it's famous for insects. This feels like the leading edge of a global trend. Do you think that it is? Absolutely. There's no surprise there. I mean, my country really is, sadly, the pilot country for an organization like the World Economic Forum. We are sort of the tester kit of the 2030 agenda. So the fact that we, the second largest uh, exporter of agricultural products in the world, our nation with such a rich farming history is now cracking down on its farms and opening insect factories should be of no surprise to you. And, you know, this is not something that is just going to affect the food supply of the Netherlands. Like I said, we're the second largest exporter of agricultural products in the world after America. So this will influence the food supply worldwide. And we've spoken to farmers who said, well, this could lead to actual starvation if we're not careful. I have to ask about the role of the population in this, since purportedly the Netherlands, like the United States, is a democracy. Do the people of the Netherlands want to eat bugs? Is this happening because there was a popular outcry, bring us more bugs? No, of course not. Nobody's being asked. And I think that that's the point. You know, nobody really inherently wants to eat bugs. When we think about bugs, we, you know, ugh, curly things, you know, nobody wants to eat that. Right. But they're telling us that it's good for the climate, that this is the way that we can save the planet. And that that little steak that you have on your plate that gives you some joy in life is that what actually ruins the world. And of course, none of that is true. I think that the push for insect eating is just a compliance test because our politicians know that when when they control yeah. the food, they control the people. I mean, why not earthworms and rats, as long as you're humiliating people on purpose by making them eat repulsive things? Exactly. Well, I think that that's the whole point. So, you know, don't give them any ideas, Tucker. I think the, the rats and, and the mice and all of that are next on the menu after the crickets that they now are trying to put in our food. So my, my last question is, what, what has the pushback been like? A country with a thousand year history of growing food has got to be resistant to this. Have people made that clear, that resistance? Yeah, absolutely. We've had massive protests. So our farmers protests that you and I have been speaking about plenty of times now and that also have been featured in this documentary, they've been very successful. So we actually had elections just now in the Netherlands where uh, a lot of people, actually the largest party was the farmers party. So the Dutch people don't want to be eating insects. We understand that a traditional profession such as farming that we have been good at for centuries on end is not the cause of a modern day so-called crisis such as climate change. So no, the people know what they want. Right. We don't want to be eating insects. We want our steak. And as long as we, well, keep saying no to this insect push, we might still have a chance of eating it. But I really do feel like now is the time to say no. Exactly. Farmers are not the problem. Overpaid nonprofit executives and politicians. And politicians are the problem. Absolutely. They're the cancer. They're more, you know, I don't even think that's a fair statement. They are literally a boil on the butt of humanity. And, and that's what they all are. And I, I need to frame this because there's still this obsessive worship as somehow there's going to be solving this problem through political action. Nobody up in D.C. is talking about the bugs. Nobody up in D.C. is talking about the burning down of processing food processing plants in this country. Nobody in D.C. is talking about the war against beef. Nobody in D.C. is talking about the mRNA shots that are now being mainstreamed into every vaccine for cattle and pigs and chickens. 
and cheap, just so we don't miss anything here. Nobody is talking about the mRNA that is now being put into the vegetables. This is the war that's being waged on people through the food supply because what they're trying to do is force humanity into a transhuman state. But don't worry, because the transgender mafia is here. They're going to make sure that you understand the importance of their stupid flags and their perverted policies. Even Legos jumped in now. It's happened again. What is going on here? Everyone's favorite brick building toy, Lego, has gone woke. Fresh off Bud Light getting completely eviscerated and losing billions in market cap for their Dylan Mulvaney collab, Lego has said hold our plastic brick beer and announced this the A to Z of Awesome campaign. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of the A to Zs, shall we? Now here are some of the more woke A to Zs. We have B is for buy, C is for coming out, G is for gay, I is for intersex, L is for lesbian, N is for non-binary, and T is for trans. Now, I don't see why companies feel the need to indoctrinate your kids with this type of material. Now, don't give me the whole adults love Legos too, I get that, but I'm pretty sure adults have a pretty good grasp on their ABCs. I definitely do. I don't know about you, but I don't have a problem knowing my ABCs, nor do I have any problem knowing my gender. But they seem to think we're all confused. So here, here's, the, here's the thing here. As we go through this and we start to understand what's going on, take a look at the, one of the big stories that's come out this week, and that is the Bud Light fiasco. Well, I don't know if it's a fiasco. They're calling it fiasco because people are wanting to get puffed up to think that we've won. We haven't won this one. The only way we win this war is if we remain stalwart in boycotting these, uh, these agencies and these products. If, if Target is any test run, when they went to the gender-neutral bathrooms, what we see is that conservatives did a fantastic job of boycotting Target in the beginning, and then slowly they all went back to normal because, you know, it's just so difficult to find those specialty products that only Target can carry. And it's so convenient because it's near my house. And I like the trendy nature of the designs of Target's clothing and their cheaply made slave-produced furniture. And the food section is kind of nice because it's, it's in that nice, clean, sterile environment feel where you don't have to feel like you're in the middle of a of a real shopping experience. You can literally go over and buy your toaster oven and then go buy some of your expensive bread. That's the target experience. And the conservatives failed on that miserably. They failed for a lot of reasons. One of the biggest reasons overall is that staying committed to a boycott seems to be very difficult to do. Now, early on in this fight, back in 2016, 2015, when Kellogg's came out against Breitbart, and they boycotted Breitbart's advertising, conservatives did an incredible job. They did such a good job boycotting cornflakes that Kellogg's had to shut down five processing plants. But I think people are getting a little tired. Don't get tired. Now, here's this thing about Bud Light. Bud Light this year, this last week, lost $5 billion in capital or 4% in value. Now, that sounds wonderful. And sales have fallen have fallen 50 to 70 percent. 
And now there's worry that the company is going to have a widening boycott on all of their brands. Please pray yes. A local Missouri distributor of the product canceled an appearance by Budweiser Clydesdale Horses due to the public anger. Good. Missouri's always good at holding the line. The show me state. We all need to learn from them. They're doing a great job of in this in this fight. But here's and I go through this article. This is an article here on Zero Hedge that comes from Jeffrey Tucker via Brownstone Institute. Listen to this wording. He says, the person who made the, quote, miscalculation is Elisa Gordon Heinerscheidt, vice president in charge of marketing for Bud Light. She explained that in her intention, her intention was to make the beer king of woke beers. Well, good on you. Happy for her. Hope it works out great. But here's the deal. That was no miscalculation. None of this is a miscalculation. This is a strategic and focused war on the values of family and the values which God gave us to live in this world. This is the ultimate manifestation in the real world of the spiritual war. Don't kid yourself. There's no miscalculations going on here. There's no accidents. This is an agenda of the satanic order versus those that are standing boldly with Christ. And if you doubt that, just look at what's going on in Ukraine. We are literally funding billions and billions and billions into Ukraine while we have bioweapons labs that have put 4,000 Ukrainian military soldiers unwillingly used as test subjects. They're finding birthing clinics. They're finding child slave clinics. They're finding pedophile adoption clinics. And they're finding child extraction of organ clinics. We're funding that. You have any question about that? Let's not. Oh, I forgot to mention the adrenochrome clinics. It's happening. And it's right there in Ukraine, and U.S. is openly funding it. And this war is increasingly going global as much as it is local. So take a listen to this perspective. This is about five minutes, but it's worth hearing every bit of this. This is an African's perspective on the U.S. State Department's efforts with money and what their agenda is in the African continent. Take a listen. Listen closely. America right now comes to, to Tanzania, comes to Ghana, comes to Zambia with 16 million. And guess what? 16 million only for Zambia. The 16 million, ask me what is it for? What is it for? For human rights. Across the river, China and Russia coming to South Africa. Ask me for what? For what? For a military training and skills sharing of security. So the Americans are more interested in a transgender, homosexual agenda around the world. They will invest their money and give you money to protect human rights. Russia and China are coming with weapons and militarization strategies so that we can protect ourselves. So I want to say this very loud and clear to the Americans. Continue on your transgender agenda. <laughs> Stay there. Leave us to do politics on the other side. Because what we need right now is not a minority human rights activation. What we need is a societal transformation. And for you as Americans to think that we really envy that when you have an anti-lesbian, anti-gay, LGBT principle, then tourists will drop. Let me correct that once and for all smooth. And cut and clip this, and it must be loud and clear. Are you saying to me that all the tourists are gay? And when you hear that this is a non-gay zone, tourism will suffer. Question number one. Question number two. Are you saying that we don't have a right to expressing ourselves as Africans. Question number three, 
if democracy means majority rules and majority votes against a principle, then why won't you allow that to become law? Are you saying the minority must manage the majority or the majority must manage the minority? Then if that whole ideology is wrong, then take democracy in a nice black dustbin bag and throw it outside. Because what you are telling us is, to, is, is by the people, for the people, with the people, and all, the, all those slogans you hear, what democracy represents. If we are 10 in the room and nine people say no, and one, people, one person says yes, democracy says you go with the majority. So if we say we want to make Africa democratic, and the demographics of our democracy says no, then why do you philosophically want to manipulate the will of the majority to favor the will of the minority? Then this is where it really gets confusing to me. Because you're selling me one thing, one, I understand this democracy, because it is based on the principle one, two, three, four, five. When it comes to practice, no, you can't practice it like that. Then, then what do you want? Do you want democracy? Do you want anarchy? You want indigenous governance systems? You want meritocracy? Maybe let's find another way of governing ourselves. But the ideology of democracy being founded on majority rule does not count. Because the rule that runs the South African constitution right now is not majority count. I will go on record for being on your show and saying it loud and clear without mixing words. Put a hundred people on an island and lock them away from everybody. Put a hundred people on an island who are heterosexual. Those are homosexual. Come back after 50 or 20 or 30 years. On that island, you'll find graves with no living being there. On this island, you'll find 10,000 people growing and exploring and moving. So having said that, we as a society, particularly as African society, we also as traditional people have a right to our self-preservation and continuity as a people. Alternative lifestyles must be practiced where they must be practiced, but the main agenda of societal drive must be left to the right, because even those that are on the left come from the right. I don't know if that makes sense to you. The conversation that we had for the same-sex marriages was, was, was very tricky for me because it did not seek to address the core issue. Are we saying this is what the people want? Or are we saying this is what the international community wants? Point number one. Point number two. In the event that I decide as a heterosexual that I want to bring up my children in a heterosexual way, why does the homosexual want to stand on the path of my own children and how I want to institutionalize them and then pollute them with what they want? If you want to pollute these children, make your own. <laughs> Why come to the heterosexual <laughs> and then dictate the ways of the homosexual? And So who is got the right this time? Are you saying the right rely with the homosexual? Or the rights rely on the heterosexual. The balance needs to be found right there. That every citizen has got the right to life and decide how they want to run their lives and how they want to bring up their children, etc. And so ultimately we might end up with an Urania. Let's create a state where this can happen there. And those who want to live in this other space, they can move into that space. And we are free to choose to change. It's a very deeper conversation. But, and also, especially... And we're giving, it, we're giving it the time it demands. We're giving it the, the depth of thought that it demands. So that in the midst of just saying human rights, human rights, we don't become emotional over protect gay rights, protect heterosexual rights. Because when you protect homosexual rights, you also need to become respectful of the heterosexual.
The problem is that all of the elites are pedophiles. It's just a simple way of putting it. It's real. It may be hard to digest. If you think that that's too broad of a stroke, prove me wrong. And I mean it. Prove me wrong. Because this is what got them in power. This is what holds them in power. And the higher up the chain you go, this is the leverage they use to keep people towing the line for their agenda. Africa is waking up. You want to see where the real revolution is coming from the people? Go to Africa. You want to see where it's slow and lethargic and asleep? It's here. Oh, and, but I forgot to mention, where's the center of all evil? Good old America. Because we allowed it. And it's permeated our schools. It's permeated our school boards. It's permeated our, our communities. So let me bring this down home. Because that is essentially the reference to tonight's topic of this, of this show. We've laid out this mass agenda. It is a global agenda being pushed out of the U.S. State Department. It is being pushed through our court systems. They are doing this to change the laws, to protect the right of pedophiles who want to seize control, and then with that use robotics and AI to back up their authority. This is their vision. This is the inversion strategy. This is satanic at core. So in my county, I mentioned this at the beginning of the week, and I want to frame the complexities of this problem it now creates at a local level. We have a good sheriff, Sheriff Hanlon. He's a constitutional sheriff that has been put in an impossible crucible right now because of this crap of transhumanism or transgenders. And be perfectly clear, transgenders are freaks. Those that groom it, those that institute it, those that push it, a millstone can't happen fast enough and I can't kick your ass out of a boat fast enough to watch you drown. I have zero tolerance for pedophiles. End of story. And I'll sleep fine at night. So in my local community, We have a situation where one of the deputies, I believe he was in for 27 years, was just fired because of his stance against transgenderism. The problem is that it's starting to divide the community. I'm not against either, so I need you to understand where this was. I didn't have enough facts at the beginning of the week. I'm going to clear this up because people have asked, well, what about your sheriff? What about this other? Here's the deal. The sheriff's association in this state backed a policy for jail that would require that transgenders be treated differently in the prisons. It would prevent certain proof that they were like searches to prove that they didn't have a weenie, that they were actually a woman or a man. And because of the pluralization, and oh, I forgot, don't forget that we had the bisexual train wreck of a governor, Kate Brown, and we currently have Tina Kotek, the lesbian whore that runs our state. And we have a legislature that every one of them, with, the hand, with an exception of about a handful of five, need the gallows in this state, along with every state police officer that protects them. Let me be clear. I don't want to get any confusion here. But what has happened is they've instituted policies that are tied towards legal actions that can be taken against specific departments. One department tried to circumvent this LGBTQ faggotry. And what happened is they were sued for a million dollars. So 
The problem is our sheriff was put in an impossible situation. I respect both people involved here. The deputy held his line and he said he absolutely would not comply. And he was working in the jail. He would not comply or support the policies related to LGBTQ, etc. I support that 100%. There was an attempt to make a broker deal so they could get him to stay. But because of the legal consequences which the LGBTQ mafia, pervert mafia, has instituted, they now have put so much pressures on counties for massive lawsuits and consequences in real dollars that the sheriff is caught in the middle. This isn't just going to be here, folks. This is everywhere in our count, in our country. And I can't tell you that there's an easy answer out right now. In conservative states, they're trying to move to protect these things, but that's still open for lawsuits. These people, we have these perverts in our legal system. We have these perverts in our politi political places, and they've embedded themselves in every level of our society. So they're using their leverage. They're not, by the way, they are not a majority. They are a minority and an extreme one at that. But on top of it, we have almost zero word coming out of the gay lesbian side because they're just sitting there with crickets. Because I've said to you before, the reason is that they themselves aren't really against pedophilia. So they're using the idea of gender choice because as this African representative here spoke to, why do they keep coming after the heterosexual children? Because if they don't groom the kids, they have no future. They're going to be those hundred people on the island, and all it's going to be is gravestones. So they have woven themselves into this system to build the laws and to execute the lawsuits, to go after counties, to go after sheriffs, to go after people that stand against them because they know damn well they're evil. They know damn well they're sinful. They know damn well they are spawn of Satan, every one of them. And until I see a strong stance from the gay community and the lesbian community openly coming out against this crap, they all get lumped in on the same. And that's by virtue because most of the gay community, which it will never talk to you about, is pedophilia driven because they go after young boys about 14 is their prime and they love to say we're helping them come out of the closet. Crap. That's nonsense. They are absolutely grooming and trolling for young kids. Their desire for young men and young girls is sickening. So what's happened in our county is, and I mean, this is a time when the churches need to step in and build bridges. Two people are right here. And this is what we're going to start seeing more and more. And it's going to take the resolve of discernment and our faith to get us through this because our sheriff is, is right. And here's why he's right. One, he's trying to protect the community from a massive lawsuit and a massive hemorrhage of dollars, which he knows would come. Secondly, as a sheriff, he still has the obligation to deliver fair and equal justice to everybody in the community. I agree with that. The deputy who has to be subject to the laws has made a stance and said he is not in favor of it and he can't stand it because it's a moral, moral contradiction for him. I agree with that. So the two tried to come to a compromise. They couldn't. One, both are in a different position. One is of the position of overseeing the entire county, ensuring that the county is both financially and 
criminally protected, and the other is a deputy who can't live with the moral contradiction. Patriots, there's no wrong here. Unfortunately, and I, the community's starting to feel the tension to pull apart to the credit of both of our local papers. They have done a very good job at balancing the views so that there doesn't this thing does not go hyperbolic. But be prepared to see more of this because this is literally how they divide communities. And at the core of this is Satan's spawn. They're working overtime to divide people. I have zero patience for this stuff if it doesn't show. And for the liberal body out here that thinks you're doing a good job of screwing up kids, do you know that in Oregon we'd learned today that the new legislative policy that was passed quietly in the legislation out of view of the public, they have now authorized abortion for any, let me say it again, any age child without parental consent. I swear I'm going to start announcing the Bard's Millstone Factory really soon. And we'll ship at will to anybody that wants it and will won't even charge. Just and all you have to do is provide rope. This is where we are. And this and why I bring all this up is because this war that's being waged is now on us to fix. You are not going to get anybody in the world that cares what happens to us. That statement by that African representative should put chills down your spine because they do not care what happens to us. Because they're interaction with us is not we the people. It's our government that is force-feeding a transgender policy to make them elevate a minority group that is a perversion-based group, anti-Christian. Heck, it's against every spiritual norm known. And they're forcing them to employ it in order to take American dollars as a buy-off. And you better start asking, what, because every corporation we have in this nation is falling subject to the same rules when they go overseas. So you need to start asking like, oh, what's Cargill really doing over there? Are they going to go woke as they provide Africa with beef, apparently? You can expect that's probably the truth. So as we bring this full circle and go back to where we started, which was the boycott of Anheuser-Busch and this agenda, there's a lot of good in all of this for us and bad for them. Besides the fact they're just sinful, I know that at the end, they're going to be accountable for every th damage they have done to the little ones. And that gives me great solace, but it doesn't solve the problem now before us. The thing is that for every opportunity, that every time that they push an agenda, this is an opportunity for patriots to come together, stay united, and build an alternate product. For every person out there that likes light beer that you loved Budweiser. I don't know why you would like Budweiser to begin with. I have no clue like why you would even drink that piss water of Bud Light. I don't know why you would do it, but it seemed to have stirred conservative America. So that said, this is an opportunity for patriots to come together and start learning how to brew a light beer. It's simple. I've done it. It's called an American ale done with rice. So start brewing it and start replacing that with as we did in the Patriot era. Start having local pubs again. Replace the commercial beer. No, it may not be as convenient. You don't get to go to the quick stop on the way home from work. You might have to swing and drive an extra couple miles to the pub and get a, a growler to take home. But do it. Stop buying this junk. 
This is an opportunity for us to start mobilizing local distributed industries, not global industries. This is where we start tailoring responses at a county and local level to solve the problem of us being dependent on corporate uni unity, corporate unification, excuse me, and product taste. Everybody's become accustomed to this idea. Well, if I go to a McDonald's in, in Portland, Oregon, or if I go to a McDonald's in some little hole in Kansas, or if I go to a McDonald's down in Atlanta, Georgia, it's all going to taste the same. It's all going to look the same. I can count on that Big Mac anywhere in the world. And if I go over to Hong Kong, I can get that same Big Mac, knock it off. We got to stop this. We're better than that. We need to go back to the regional character of who we are. And we need to start innovating locally and quit depending on these corporate unifications. When we hear about Target putting in bathrooms that are blended sex so that men dressed as women can go in there and try to rape little girls or little boys. By the way, how many, how many women do you see dressing as men going into little boys' restrooms to try to molest them? And I don't think you're going to find many in the transgender movement because the majority of those that are making the news are the men dressing as women because they're the pedophiles trying to hide themselves to be attractive and slip through the ranks to get to the little boys and the little girls. These are freaks. They don't belong on this earth. So we need to start mobilizing to be innovative. We have the sourdough revolution going on right now. Patriots, that can lead to each one of you having a small business if that's what you choose to do. If you're looking for a way to do right work and break the constraints of this corporate world and government-controlled technocracy, start a little business out of doing sourdough. It's locally produced, it's unique and handmade, and it is not dependent on the massive architecture and supply chain logistics of these corporate beasts that we have. But we have to get serious about this fight. This is not a game. It's not something we get to wait out. It isn't something we can sit down. I am telling you, I am not going to be the one sitting there before Father God, and he's going to be like, what? I'm just curious. You had all this problem. What were you doing? And I'd be saying, well, I don't know. I thought Jesus was coming, and I just thought I'd wait it out. And then you get the numbers. Do you realize how many children were damaged while you were sitting there waiting for the time? Would you think I just put you here on earth to sit on your butt and wait for us to come and save you? We are supposed to protect the little ones. We are supposed to be standing up boldly in this time. And that means we have to come together, unite, and we have to work together to overcome. No, it's not going to be easy. But these people are sick, sick. This is the most depraved level of human beings. I, I can't even consider them to be human. I don't know what they are. Even if they are technically human by genetics, they are little more than a depraved being that is demonic in, in core. At best, by the way. They're probably all lizard heads to begin with. Our children are suffering. Our world is being forced. This country is being forced into a depraved state. As the politicians spin up there and give you press conferences about this or that, they don't want to tell you much about January 6th. They keep pumping this Q garbage at you that the white hats are in control. They go over here and they try to tell you to believe that the military is going to come help you. When's that going to happen? Where are they? There was a time that was believable, not now. 
And there's a lot of people that are fired up about this in the right way. But it's going to take us together to overcome this. Our fight is local. And we have to come together locally to make a statement locally to understand that we have to start uniting and understanding the true meaning behind this agenda. Every child that goes through a transgender conversion surgery, every child that is given one of these birth control pills that the Supreme Court now has said are now available until they decide after they were suspended. And if you know why they were suspended, it's because when young girls take this after, after this post-pregnancy pill, whatever they call it, day-after pill, many of them are left sterile for the rest of their lives. When these children are modified, they are left sterile and dependent on the pharmaceutical industry for the rest of their lives. They can't get away from it. You see the trend? They're sterilizing this entire country. The vax wasn't enough. And every time they go through this, it's a sacrifice to their god, Moloch. It, there has to be a powerful, strong, united front of all those walking under the banner of Christ. Sharpen your sword of steel, raise your sword of the spirit, and be prepared to use both because this is the line that we cannot let continue. Let's pray. Patriots, join me in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this night. As hard as these words are and as harsh as they can be, we will not negotiate with evil. You have told us that and we abide by that. And so as we sit here tonight and pray, we declare our authority on this world, on this earth, on this land, that we have authority over all and dominion over all evil. We have the right to step on snakes and scorpions. That means flipping tables. That means confronting with truth. That means dealing with those that do harm to the little ones and taking a position now where we quit shining, shying away from the true fight that's before us. Father, this is an agenda that they've pushed upon us and trying to crush us, trying to overwhelm us, trying to take away the, the, the things that we supposedly held dear. Well, we need to know better because there's no material thing in this world that we should worry about because it's not going with us. So we pray for the righteous fire to hit people's hearts, the understanding that now is a time to stand, to be uncompromising in some of these lines, especially when it comes to the little ones. For those that have been victimized by the groomers and the manipulators of this transgender agenda and other sick things, we pray for them. We pray for their souls. We pray for their healing, and we will be there for them. But for those that have perpetuated this evil, Father, this is an unconscionable evil, an evil that's truly pure evil, and it's an evil that needs to be removed from this earth. So whatever form that takes, we'll walk without vengeance in our heart. But we turn to you now, Father, to lead our hand in justice, because it's time. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, patriots, be fired up. Be righteously anger. Let the righteous anger flow through you. Because this war has to stop. 
And for those that don't want to listen, you may not wake them up. They'll have to suffer the consequences of being unawake. There has to come a point in this walk when each person has to make the decision of what side of that path they're going to walk. The wide gate, the path to destruction, or the narrow gate, the path to life. But one thing is clear. While we are to love our neighbor, a directive given to us by Christ, and while I know the heart of the patriot well enough to say that we will be there for the victims of these impossible and horrific policies, those that have done the harm must be held accountable. And they will. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, and always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.